Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, let me just reiterate how much I enjoyed talking basketball with Kellen last segment, Wolf. Yeah. Because now, well, because now we have a story that I'm looking at ESPN right now on TV that says developing story. Ex-Cardinals VP accuses owner Michael Bidwell of cheating. It's uh, Terry McDonough who filed a claim to Commissioner Roger Goodell today. Wow. That's the main story on ESPN on TV right now. Wow. Uh, there's, a, there's a story on ESPN.com courtesy of Adam Schefter. There is a story up on ArizonaSports.com kind of running through the bullet points of Adam Schefter's story. So I don't know where you want to start with this, Wolf, because there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of Terry McDonough says this, and then the Cardinals say this, and McDonough claims he has specific proof, and then the Cardinals, in at least in the story, point to very specific examples where they say he's wrong. And so both sides feel pretty convicted in what they are saying, but the bottom line is, as of right now, this is another not great moment for the Arizona Cardinals. Whether it's true or not, this is now something else they are going to have to deal with. And they yeah, are dealing with it. You know, for me, once again, as a former player, it is a distraction. And that's the thing that bothers me. The distraction that this could become. Now, once again, it's it's more with the front office, of course, and the organization overall than it is down in the locker room. So that's the the maybe the one positive in this is it really is more about a personal complaint that has happened in a professional setting. That personal complaint, of course, from Terry McDonough, the former vice president in the Arizona Cardinals organization, his complaint, of course, in a professional setting. And it is one of these deals where you just say to yourself, okay, an investigation is soon to follow at some point in time. And the investigation, all the facts will come out. Yeah, that's basically where you where you are with this. I mean, to go a little bit deeper into what is being, um, I guess, thrown out there as an allegation, the official wording is Terry McDonough filed an arbitration claim that accuses team owner Michael Bidwell of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment per ESPN's Adam Schefter. Now, like I said, there's a lot of back and forth, and they got the Cardinal side of it, too, and they are pretty adamant that this is not what is going on. Uh, one of the things McDonough says in there is that he and former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes essentially had to use burner phones to communicate with Steve Kime when Kime was suspended. Yeah. Which is, that's where the cheating, because the headlines is exactly. cheating, and it makes it sound like the Cardinals were like out there cheating every game. The cheating in the story, unless there's something that I, I'm not seeing yet, and we're reading it during the breaks, obviously, yes. while doing a live show, but the cheating in the story is them communicating with Steve Kime when he was suspended for extreme DUI. So it was a, uh, it, that was during training camp in the summer of 2018. He says, Terry says in the story, that he and and Steve Wilkes didn't want to do that, and they were essentially forced to. Now, the Cardinals, their response was, quote, we are reluctantly obliged to provide a public response along with broader context for some disappointing and irresponsible actions by Terry McDonough, said by Jim McCarthy, the uh, external PR advisor for the Cardinals. Quote, claims he has made in an arbitration filing are wildly false, reckless, and an opportunistic ploy for financial gain, unquote. So here is ESPN's Adam Schefter, who broke this 
story on NFL Live just now. The former Cardinals executive Terry McDonough filed an arbitration claim today to NFL commissioner Roger Goodell alleging and accusing the Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell of cheating, discrimination, and harassment. It's a long, detailed petition in which he spells out all the ways in which he believes Michael Bidwell has done wrong, including using burner phones during the suspension of the former Cardinals general manager Steve Kahn during his suspension in which McDonough claims that Bidwell hatched a plan for all of them to communicate during Kahn's suspension. Now, Michael Bidwell is countered by saying those claims are baseless, by questioning Terry McDonough's character, and obviously questioning everything that he raised today. Now, the arbitration claim went to Commissioner Goodell. The Cardinals have 20 days to respond to that petition that Terry McDonough submitted, and then Roger Goodell has the right to an arbitration hearing in which he can determine whether or not discipline is necessary in this particular case. Once again, there you have it. Um, It's a personal complaint in a professional setting right now. Terry McDonough, um, the former vice president and the Arizona Cardinals. You got Terry McDonough saying this is what the Cardinals did. And you've got the Cardinals saying we did not do that, period. So, again, here it comes, the arbitration. There's going to be an investigation, you can imagine, at some point in time by the National Football League, maybe even beyond. We'll have to wait and see what unfolds here. But having said that, right now, this is all going to come out in the wash. And to me, that's the thing that I worry about in terms of it becoming a distraction, not only to the players inside that locker room, but maybe to Monty Ford as well. Yeah. Yeah, I um, Austin Fort. I would say. I mean, I don't know. The like, I don't want to. I don't want to say these stories are the same because they're not. Even though Terry McDonough sort of it, it intimates that. But when we had the story with the Sarver stuff, that as far as just purely as a distraction, that was a team on the verge of contending for a title. Whereas this, I mean, the Cardinals are in kind of a rebuild. But if you're Monty Austin Fort. Like, I don't know. Is it a distraction? Are they going to lose picks? Is it nothing? I mean, the Cardinals, again, they're adamant in this story yeah. that, that he's... But now, I mean, I'm looking at a quote that says McDonough says he still has the burner phone, which has evidence. And yeah. then the Cardinals are like, no, you don't. So, <laughs> I mean, like you That's said, what I'm saying, something's you know? going to come out because the, there's there's very little gray area in some of the stuff in here between the two sides. Yes. So when that's the case, then something's, yeah, the league can figure it out. Yeah, I totally, right now, um, this is something that is going to be solved at some point in time. And how it's solved, how the truth comes out, I do not know. I just know that it will. Uh, win lower level tickets for this Thursday's D-backs home opener against the Dodgers. Just text baseball to 620-620 for complete details and your chance to win. And that's baseball to 620-620. We come back. Oh, it is a game day, which means it's game day with K-Ray. What is Kevin Ray looking to see from the Suns tonight when they are 19-point favorites against the San Antonio Spurs? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. 
Yeah, it is game day with K-Ray, one of the, the final regular season game days with K-Ray we have. We'll put the playoffs coming up here. There's four games left in the regular season, one of them on Sunday. I assume you you still, one of us still calls K-Ray even on, on the weekends, right, just to get his thoughts on the No. Game. No? Okay. No. I thought you were doing it. But I do want to get his thoughts, of course, on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> I know you do. Well, he's joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Suns get the Spurs tonight. K-Ray, what's going on? Happy game day, boys. How we doing? I'm doing good, Kay. I just I'm not broken up by the fact that the Dallas Mavericks are three and ten in their last thirteen. How are you? I mean, are you broken up over that? Uh, you know, Wolf. Uh, I, I've I've sought counseling. Uh, I've had a couple of sessions so far uh, because I I really am you know dealing with a lot of angst at the struggles that uh, said team is experiencing. <laughs> no, I know you love Dallas. So you've got yourself a little star. I understand that. But still, seeing the Mavericks 3-10 and 10 over the last 13, yeah, I'm not broken up. I tell up you, I'm enjoying that. it. Um, K-Ray, a couple games have happened since the last time we got to talk to you, and in both those games, Kevin Durant was the leading scorer, and I would say on Sunday, he really took over the game. Uh, look, he's been doing this his whole career, so it's not like, oh, look at this uh, evolution of Kevin Durant. This is who he is. But still, uh, it's nice to see from a son's perspective after that first game back against Minnesota where he was, you know, okay, he really seems to be taken off, and it really doesn't take him much time. You know, I need the, the Ron Wolfley breaking news sounder right now because I'm going to tell you something. Okay. okay. Kevin Durant is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we did need that sounder. K-Ray reporting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, and it was funny. I heard Burnsy the other day uh, talking about the, the game uh, against OKC, and, and he said, you know, I still find myself several games into, you know, KD being in a Suns uniform, having to pinch myself because KD is in a Suns uniform. He he is doing all of those otherworldly things in a son's uniform. And look, I'm I'm right there with Bernsey and I'm I, I feel like a lot of fans, you know, and and I get the glorious job of getting to call uh, those games. So uh, I, we all knew how good he was, but to see him putting it to work on the floor, wearing the Suns purple and orange and and white and and doing it alongside Devin Booker and Chris Paul, wow, it, yeah. it is something to behold. Okay, how, how should the Suns approach these last four games? How do you think they will? Well, I, I think you have to approach it, you know, giving it the, the due respect that is required. Um, this team does not have the luxury uh, that they did last year. And look, you know, maybe looking back last year after they got to 64 wins and had everything wrapped up, you know, maybe that's what kind of sent them into the, the spiral. Um, who knows? But I think that they will certainly Certainly tonight, and yes, with a win tonight, they can pretty much lock up that number four spot. But that being said, there's still a lot of work to be done. And that work being, you know, kind of refining 
uh, roles for guys, or, you know, roles with certain situations with the bench rotation for Monty Williams. So uh, I don't think that we will see them approach this any differently other than maybe we get to those last couple of games and maybe the minutes drop by a little bit. But I, I don't I can't foresee and I could be completely wrong, but I can't foresee a situation where Monty and this coaching staff and the organization, you know, sits guys com- completely. Maybe their minutes are cut down dramatically, but I just don't see them maybe say for the for the Clippers game. But I, I think even with that, you might see them because Again, keep in mind, you're going to have a full week off uh, while the play-in goes on. So I can see them starting guys. Maybe it's a 10, 15-minute stretch. But I'd be surprised if if there isn't a business-as-usual approach the rest of the way. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it is game day with K-Ray Suns taking on the Spurs tonight. Okay, it looks pretty clear. (laughs) Well... Clear that there's one of four teams that they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe it's not that clear, but it seems like it's going to be either the Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, or Pelicans. And obviously all of those teams pose different challenges, but is there one of those four that stands out to you that you think the Suns match up better against or that you think maybe they'd be better served playing later in the in the playoffs or any of those four teams that really jump out to you one way or the other? Yeah, and and you know I'm sure some fans will will you know say this is a cop out. They they posed this question to EJ and I on the telecast of the day, <laughs> and I'm glad EJ said it first. And I'll say it here today, man. I'm not putting any of that stuff out into the universe. It's like get to the playoffs, play who you play. Uh, everybody presents their own unique set of of challenges, and the idea of saying, oh, I. You know, I would love for them to play this team because of X. I would love for them to play this team because of Y. Uh, again, maybe maybe it's because the the scar tissue of last year <laughs> is still not fully healed. Uh, my approach is like get to the postseason, do what you do best, and it will not matter who you face. If there was one element of the game you'd like to see the Suns improve at, what would that be, Kay? We've been talking about this all day. It's the reason why I'm asking you this. If there was one element of the game you'd like to see them improve at, what would it be? Boy, one element, you know, the the thing that has stood out maybe in the last couple of weeks is, you know, second chance points being allowed, which, you know, translates to getting, you know, doing a better job on the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like, I mean, w- without that, Oklahoma City, you know, is a 12 to a 15 point win. There's been two or three other games, three or four really other games in the last couple of weeks that second chance points have allowed teams to, to kind of hang around. So I, I suppose if it's one thing, Wolf, it would be that. And then, you know, the tendency to, they were so sharp in handling the rock for the, the first three wins in this win streak. And then the other day, they got a little careless again, saw the same thing happen, you know, against an undermanned Denver team. So, you know, being completely locked in and focused and, and you know, using what Monty has said, it's like we, we got to we've got to play to our standard and our our. Our standard scale doesn't start, you know, and go one to ten. Their standard scale is seven to ten. And he said, we want to really start at seven and a half. And he's felt like in a couple of those situations, they have dropped below that standard number. So that's that's what I see is like doing a better job on a glass, preventing second chance points, because all those loose ball rebounds, those back taps, 
they oftentimes and more often than not will turn into a knockdown three, and those become huge momentum killers or momentum shifters for the opposition. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, K. They've they've won five in a row. Kevin Durant's obviously been a big part of of the last two in particular, uh, but he's only been on the floor for three of those five. Have you noticed anything beyond just KD that has changed for the better over the last week or so? You know, I, I don't know that it's better. I mean, look look at what Devin Booker did in the month of March. I mean, he just eviscerated opponents. You know, he he scored. Uh, you know, he scored thirty points nine different times. Uh, you know, had, had another forty point game when he went for forty six against Oklahoma City. It, it just feels like book. And I'm sure a lot of it had to do with having to sit out as many games as he did. But it just feels like Book is really, you know, beginning to take his ascension to another level. And, you know, I think it goes back to, to what Monty had said last week is like he's hungry and he's chasing something and feels like Book is is pulling his team with him. Um, and I think I just think overall, because the health of this team has improved, you're just seeing overall better connectivity. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, Thank man. You, Thank Kay. you for your time. All right, boys. Have a good one. Okay, brother. That's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us for game day with K. Ray ahead of the Suns matchup with the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, two new mock drafts going in wildly different directions with the top five picks. We'll get you those and the latest on the allegations against the Arizona Cardinals. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Tuesday afternoon, and we were going to talk mock drafts here, Wolf, and we are still going to, but I feel like we need to get you some of this Adam Schefter uh, audio for sure on the allegations that Terry McDonough has thrown at the Arizona Cardinals this afternoon. Uh, There's a story up on ESPN.com saying Terry McDonough filed an arbitration claim on Tuesday that accuses team owner Michael Bidwell of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment per ESPN's Adam Schefter. There's a lot of different details in there. There are the Cardinals' responses, and they pretty emphatically deny everything Terry McDonough is saying. Here's uh, here's Adam Schefter on the uh, story. The former Cardinals executive Terry McDonough filed an arbitration claim today to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell alleging and accusing the Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell of cheating, discrimination, and harassment. It's a long, detailed petition in which he spells out all the ways in which he believes Michael Bidwell has done wrong, including using burner phones during the suspension of the former Cardinals general manager Steve Kime during a suspension in which McDonough claims that Bidwell hatched a plan for all of them to communicate during time suspension. Now, Michael Bidwell is countered by saying those claims are baseless, by questioning Terry McDonough's character, and obviously questioning everything that he raised today. Now, the arbitration claim went to Commissioner Goodell. The Cardinals have 20 days to respond to that petition, that 
Terry McDonough submitted, and then Roger Goodell has the right to have an arbitration hearing in which he could determine whether or not discipline is necessary in this particular case. And just to clarify, if you're going to read this, there's a story up on ArizonaSports.com. I mentioned the one on ESPN, the cheating that they're talking about. And again, it's alleged cheating. Yeah, but when right. I first saw the headline, I was like, with the Cardinals, like, what is he saying? That they were like cheating during games or doing this or that? The alleged cheating is calling Steve Kime when he was suspended. That's against league rules. Now, who knows if it's true or not, but that's that's the allegation. So when you see cheating, that's that's what they're talking about. Uh, here's more from Schefter. Well, there are a lot of things here where Michael Bidwell essentially is accused by Terry McDonough of creating an environment in which he feels like he bullied employees and he had employees living in fear. He said that there was a survey done at one point in time to conduct essentially what was the workplace environment and and McDonough claimed that Michael Bibble had that survey intercepted and canceled when he realized the majority of the employees were saying that they worked in fear of him. Now, the Cardinals responded saying that that's not true. They've improved the workplace environment since then. But McDonough has been adamant all along that he's got emails, texts, and evidence of every charge that he submitted in that arbitration claim to Commissioner Roger Goodell today. And he even texted Roger Goodell this afternoon saying, I have all the truth and it will all come out during arbitration. Well, you know, once again, this is a personal complaint in a professional setting. There are two sides of the story right now and both sides very, very strong and adamant that these allegations are not true. At least the Cardinals are. And I know, listening to what Adam Schefter just said, Terry McDonough obviously feels differently. Yeah, this whole story is a lot of that. Where McDonough talking about the burner phone claims he has it, and that, and he has evidence right there with the phone, or like that survey that uh, that Adam Schefter was just talking about. The Cardinals respond in Schefter's story, and they flat out say, "No, that survey uh, was was not for and ignored, and in fact." led to us doing these good things. So like it, it, that's what the whole story is, is McDonough being adamant yes. and the Cardinals being adamant. Like you said earlier, when both sides are that adamant, obviously somebody's <laughs> not right. It's going to come out. Yeah, the truth is going to come out here. You know, the Cardinals just said, we're saddened to see that Terry is now lashing out at our organization with disparagements and threats that are absurdly at odds with the facts. This unnecessary and vindictive action by Terry was intended to malign his co-workers, our owner, Michael Bidwell, and our team with outlandish accusations. I, they, once again, you're just not denying it. You're denying it strongly with everything you have, and yet Terry is saying the exact same exact thing. Same thing the other way, strongly. Exactly. So, once again, um, you know the investigation is coming here, and in the end, these things will work out. I, um, just on the football side, of it, it's, you know what, actually it's even more than the football side of things. I was hoping that we had kind of turned the corner on this last, whatever it ended up being, like an 11-month stretch, where it just seemed like there were so many... I guess distractions, for lack of a better term, where there's just so much off-the-field stuff for the Cardinals. Now, this may all not be true, and if that's the case, you really can't control what somebody says about you. But just the fact that here we are, and maybe it is true, on top of everything that went on last year yeah. leading up to the season, during training camp, throughout the season, you know what I mean? Like There was a circus away from the actual team on the field that was getting more and more injured and losing more and more games by the week. 
And at least for me, I was kind of hoping, okay, this may be a, a bit of a you know retooling year, and you don't know when Kyler's coming back and all this stuff, but maybe it'll at least be a nice quiet year to kind of reset everything. Yeah. And, and, and maybe it still can be, but it certainly doesn't feel like it today. Yeah, you know, and that was my big come. This, this was my concern about this story was the fact that, again, maybe somehow, some way, this impacts the team from going out and actually playing as well as they possibly can. And the reason why I say that, Basin Onions, is because of the distraction that maybe it could become. Now, again, as a player, on the tactical level, for the most part, you're going to go out and you're going to do your job. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go out and you're going to play the game of football. But you hope, and this is just me, I hope that the, the, the front office part of this story this personal complaint, these allegations, don't somehow, some way matriculate down into the locker room and impede these guys' ability to play the game of football. Well, one thing I would say to that, and they're, they're different situations. So, like I said earlier, I don't want to draw a connection, even though Terry McDonough does attempt to draw that connection during the story. But when the Suns were dealing with all the Sarver stuff, in terms of just what they did on the floor, they won 64 games. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think that part of it isn't something that should impact the players. But if you're Monty well, Austin Fort, yeah, but if you're Monty Austin Fort, and where the Cardinals are right now, it's not like they're in position to win a Super Bowl. It's they're trying to build things up. And is it going to limit what Monty Austin Fort is able to do? Or maybe it goes away. Maybe it ends up being nothing. Maybe it's not going to be nothing, but maybe maybe they end up investigating it and they find that you know Terry McDonough is not right. Who knows? But right now, here you go. You figure the one thing you would have right now is just kind of some peace and quiet. And again, the, you do not have that with the Arizona Cardinals. No. You do not. We were this gonna, is not good. No, that much I do know. I was I was really looking forward to talking about the Lance Zerline mock draft that had uh, Tyree Wilson going number two overall to Houston and Anthony Richardson dropping all the way to fourteen for the Patriots and comparing that with Todd McShay's mock draft that had the Cardinals dropping down one spot in the ideal situation and, and just taking Will Anderson and acquiring some additional stuff from the Colts. And now we have this instead. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the uh, final segment of the show when we come back. What do the Suns need to iron out before the playoffs? Kevin Durant, and you would figure Kevin Durant would know since he's won two finals MVPs, identified one thing in particular. You'll hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, final segment of the show. And uh, I got some Kevin Durant audio for you, Wolf. Just kind of ease into your evening of Sun Spurs basketball. Can't wait for that. Uh, he spoke today, but I actually want to play something from after the game on Sunday first, because this was the radio broadcast, and they asked him, uh, what do you think the Suns can get better at, right? You get four games left in the regular Yo. season. Obviously, you know, if I don't think they're in championship form right now. They are 6-0 with KD, but... I don't think anybody looks at them right now and says, oh, they've won the championship, right? So there's always room to improve. Kevin Durant 
instantly had an answer ready. He didn't sit there and waffle and kind of go back and forth and just kind of, he didn't even give the like, ah, you're making me answer this question. I just want to go. He had a specific answer ready. The filing. The filing, I think we can't, we, uh, we could complain about the rest, but a lot of those were fouls. Um, so we can't reach down when we got guys in good position, good defense, and then offensive rebound. And we'll play, we'll get a good stop and, you know, they'll get an offensive rebound and they'll come out and hit a three or get a layup. So we got to eliminate that stuff if we want to be a championship team. And, um, so, but we're conscious of it and we just got to get better. Be a better defensive team right there without fouling. <laughs> That's what I heard him say right there, and I would totally agree. It's something I was talking about earlier in the broadcast. I'd love to see that defense improve for the Phoenix Suns over these last four games and head into the postseason with a good vibe on the defensive end of the floor. How do you get that specifically? Listen to what Katie just said, and that's what he did. Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier about this. You brought up James Jones essentially said something very similar to Burns and Gambo a couple weeks ago, and for anybody that kind of, you know, was not paying all that close of attention to the Suns, you know, for a little bit of time there when Katie was out, this became the story. It became officiating. It became Monty Williams talking about it after, I think it was like four games in a row. And and granted, he was asked about it, but it also boiled over with him basically storming out of a press conference. Monty Williams doesn't really storm out of things. Uh, It boiled over with him getting fined $20,000. Meanwhile, Luka Doncic was getting fined for a different game, and Fred Van Vliet went off on the... So it's not just the Suns thing, but with the Suns, it was becoming... Not a talking point for radio hosts or fans. It was becoming something that looked like it was getting in their heads. So when James Jones says, we got to move on from this, that's important. But when Kevin Durant says it, and when Kevin Durant says in there, that's what championship teams do. Kevin Durant knows what championship teams do because he won the finals MVP twice. So people can discount that on Twitter and they can say, oh, he had to ride the coattails or whatever. He was finals MVP twice. He knows what championship teams do more than anybody else on the Sun. Yeah, I just love the fact that he is here and he is impacting his teammates. Uh, This is something that I really did not know or suspect about Kevin Durant. Yes, I was told by good friends from time to time, guys like Dave Pash, who would say that, you know what, he is a very, very good leader. But that wasn't a lot of the rhetoric that I was hearing around. Kevin Durant. I did hear that a lot. I heard it privately, but I didn't hear it a lot from analysts that were in the NBA pointing to what a strong leader he really is. Yet, when you watch the impact that he has on everyone else around him right now in the short time that he's been with the Suns, you can see it and you can hear it as well. They respond to them, and that is the definition of leadership. Uh, more from Katie talking about the Spurs tonight. Uh, regardless of who's on the floor, they play hard. They play together. You know, they've been running the same system for the last 20 years, and it's been effective for them. And, you know, you can plug, plug and play any type of player in there, and they can be effective. So they're looking to, they're looking to just disrupt at this time of the year. And the team that uh, is up and down with just haven't been, don't have a lot of wins in the season, but they still go out there and play a solid brand every night. There's um there's quite a bit on the line for the Suns tonight. Not not in the sense that they have a lot to lose, but they do have a lot to gain tonight because you can basically wrap up the number four seed, which is the best you can do at this point, right? That would get you home court in the first round. Um, 
you know, if you're playing Golden State in the first round, I don't. Can I just interrupt you for a minute? Well, just say, you know what? <laughs> just say honestly that I was hoping that was going to be a goal of the Suns, right? To say, yes, we're we're going to have home court advantage. We're going to get that advantage because we're going to be the number four. I, I wanted to hear the Suns actually articulate that and enunciate that, and then go do it and. We didn't hear him actually say that. That's our goal. We're going to go ahead and we're going to, we want to be in the first four seeds. We didn't actually hear players talking about that. They were always talking about how they just wanted to be the best they could possibly be, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. I wanted to see them embrace the fact that Vegas says these guys are the favorites to win the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. I wanted to see them embrace that. And in so doing, embrace the fact that they needed to be in the top four seeds. And I didn't hear any players really saying that as much, but I'm glad that this is going to come to fruition. Well, the bad news for you is I remember the point I was making before that. Yeah. I'm going to get back to it. But okay. I'm going to play this campaign cut from Burns and Gambo first. The crazy part is I'm not looking at the standards on who we going to play. I'm more so just looking at the standards make sure we stay where we are. Oh, because <laughs> you, you, you want to make sure you have home court advantage at least in the first round, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. We got the best fans, man. We got to have them rocking with us. Okay, so wait a minute. You just so you have campaign. So you had the campaign cut. You didn't let me hear the campaign cut. I was just talking about that. The fact that players they weren't actually enunciating that and talking about the fact that they wanted to keep the four seed. And then you had audio evidence of that and played it. Thank you, you, Luke. I appreciate that. That was fed to me by. I mean, just give me the protective cup. (laughs) If you had been listening to all four hours of Burns and Gambo every day, you would have heard that. Uh, That's here's great. Kevin Durant on the Suns fans. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you, uh, you get a sense that when they went to the finals, this was something new for them. And you, you felt that uh, the fans in the Valley just rally, just rally around the team from the first uh, first series on down. So, yeah, you can feel it through the TV. I'm looking forward to going out there and playing in front of that. He almost just said rally the Valley. Uh, yeah, totally organic. He did almost say that right there. But you know what I mean. I, I didn't hear the Suns coming out and, and vociferously saying, we've got to make that our goal. We want to finish in the top four seeds. You know what? I, I did, did. You hear that? No, I'm, I'm waiting to see if Aaron has like. I know, a right? Of I know. Specifically, Rick saying is back there going. Well, it's interesting you say that, Wolf. Because <laughs> listen to this. Uh, this is what I was going to say about home court. It's you'd rather have it than not. Obviously, if you're the Suns. Two years ago, it was huge for them in the playoffs, and they made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Last year in Game 7 against Dallas, obviously, it was completely useless. They could have played that game on the moon. I don't think it would have helped. But if you're looking specifically at Golden State, and I I don't think this is going to just carry over. I I don't, right? I mean, Golden State is, they're going to be a different team in the playoffs. But Golden State's home and road splits. The Warriors at home this year are 32-8. and On the road, they are 9-30. and Wow. So if it's going to be Golden State, the only teams in the NBA with a worse record at home this season than the Golden State Warriors are San Antonio, Houston, and Detroit. The three teams that are probably most likely to get Victor Wembanyama. Okay, there you go. You know what, honestly, it's so funny you say this because I wonder how the Golden State Warriors feel about that, how the players feel. 
Like, do you think they're concerned about that? No, no I don't think the, that's the no. thing. If, if no, not were, at all. If it were the Clippers or the Pelicans or even the Lakers that had that stat, I'd be like, hey, this might be something, right? You can't just flip the switch. Golden State can just flip these the guys switch. flip it. Yeah, it's almost like they get bored and they're like, hey, let's lose every game on the road this year, yeah, just to win them all in the playoffs. Yeah, let, let me think about that though. I mean, what nine and what nine and thirty. <laughs> I mean, that's horrible. 9 and 30, is, it's undeniable that you've got a problem on the road right there. And yet, Steph Curry, 9 and 30, psh, ain't nothing but 9 and 30. How about like, it's Charlotte. Charlotte's a terrible team, right? Would you say Charlotte's terrible? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. They are 13 and 26 on the road this okay, season. Okay, Draymond Green. Man, we're 9 and 30. We're all going to die, metaphorically speaking. No, that's not going to impact Draymond at all. Clay Thompson, oh, oh no, we're 9 and 30 on the road. It's it's all over for us. And the no, these guys aren't going to care at all about the fact they've lost nine or lost thirty games on the road. They're not going to care at all. So there you go. So, but if there's something to it, I just don't think there is. But the bottom line is, you want home court. Yeah, I don't think there is anything to no. it. Unless- Today's NBA players all about you know what? Just let me play the game. I don't care where it is. All right. That's. Uh, do you have any other things you want to say that no. players didn't say so we can shoot you down with direct quotes? Okay. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.